This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. A piece of modern internet history has finally made its way through production and will soon be released as a, a, a pretty great-looking film, mm-hmm. uh, written and directed by Janixa Bravo in collaboration with A24 Films, which, of course, has a damn near-perfect track record. Uh, you'll almost certainly remember the epic Twitter saga laid out by an account named Zola Moon, especially if you've been following us for a long time, because we did an entire episode about that whole story when it first dropped and captivated everyone online all the way back in 2015. Oh, no. Back when we looked like this. Oh, God. The world has certainly done a number on us these past six years. Um, Anyways, if for some reason you don't remember the, the Zola saga or you forgot some of the details, allow us to briefly refresh your memory. It all started with the tweet... Y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out? It's kind of long, but full of suspense. And, uh, yeah, what followed was uh, a moment-to-moment 148-tweet-long retelling. Basically a novel told in snippets. Yeah, this was Uh, back when Twitter only allowed for 140 characters. It's the worst way. And this was, like, before the Unroll apps were around, I think. So you had to just click through. But it was easily Uh, digestible in these little parts. And to her credit, Zola, the original writer of this, did a pretty good job of, uh, on purpose or maybe even inadvertently, leaving, like, uh, enough information to where it was funny, yet there was, or crazy, and there was still a cliffhanger on a tweet. They are like, well, that, that tweet's funny. This tweet's horrific. It was, it this was, tweet, I want to know what's coming next. It was well-written for its medium. Yes. But yeah, it was uh, basically a story about two Hooters waitresses slash strippers, one of which named Jess convinced the other, Zola, the narrator, to take a trip down south to strip at Florida clubs because uh, they could make a lot of money down there. Yeah. Things immediately start going wrong. Jess brings her boyfriend and a man who turns out to be her pimp. They have a slow night at the clubs, and it turns out that the pimp had them down there For prostitution. Both of them, even though Zola didn't sign up for that. Jess never told Zola that this would be the case. Uh Zola becomes a sort of participating witness to a weekend of absolute chaos that involves prostitution, guns, and Jess's boyfriend absolutely losing his mind, among so many other things. There's... You can only cock a man so, so much before he can't take the cucking any further. Yeah, it's, uh... There was a lot. That's a very brief summary. Uh, of course, you uh, the original thread even included a, a goddamn epilogue that brought everyone up to speed on how things played out well after the Wild Weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, a where are they now for the main characters of this plot, including current photos of them, which we won't show those because it is like, like, hey, here's these people's yeah, Facebook photos. <laughs> these are real people. And here's what they're doing now. Yeah. Like, it was... It was but it, it played out like a movie. It had an epilogue at the end, too. Like, yeah. it, it was just like, well, where are they now? Kind it had, of like, three acts. Uh, it was it was prime for the picking, and it was, of course, picked yeah. very quickly. Now, if you don't want the movie spoiled, don't read the Twitter thread. But we honestly think that the movie will actually be enhanced if you're aware of everything beforehand. Uh, because when this story dropped on Twitter back in 2015, it was all anyone could talk about. And it's kind of like... You ever were in high school and you read a book and then they made a movie about it and you're like, eh, you know, I've already read it, so I'm, yeah. I'm actually more interested in that now than I uh, than I would be. Yeah. Um, look, it was a short Twitter version of like a, a Hunter S. Thompson novel for the modern age. It had all the twists, turns, suspense, sexuality, violence, and everything else needed to make a, a crazy yet compelling film out of. So it came as no surprise when it was announced that a movie was going to be made from the story. 
Like with most internet source story adaptations, though, this one had uh, every chance possible to be mishandled and turned into some terrible made-for-TV lifetime film or something. Mm -hmm. So it was a relief when we heard that A24 had acquired the rights. Mainly because they distributed Harmony Korine's 2012 film Spring Breakers, and this tale, right down to the fact that it happened in Florida, it seemed to align pretty heavily with that type of style. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this film has a different director, but uh, you can definitely... Get that Spring Breakers vibe off the trailer. Yeah. Except this film is based on a true, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, but very fucked up story. And uh, Spring Breakers, that was only based on the reality of what Florida is just in a generalized sense. Yeah. Based and on a based on an actual state. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Spring Breakers, uh, a lot of it filmed in my hometown. Uh, just based off this trailer, uh, this is definitely filmed in the same area. The, the Sun, Shun, uh, Sunshine Skyway Bridge is in one of the establishing shots. That's so like, all right, yeah, this is definitely happening and filmed in Tampa. Yeah, that, that Gulf, the central Gulf Florida coast. There's just something magical about that place. It is captured quite well in Spring Breakers. <laughs> and I assume it will be in this movie. Like, it's like... Turning 18 in the Tampa Bay area, you, it meant you went down to the strip club that was shaped like a UFO. And that's how <laughs> that's how you celebrated. Hell yeah, brother. Um, which is, it might have even been the one that they stripped at in the story. I, yeah. I don't know. But the trailer, it looks great. Uh, it, it's pretty much a quick visual retelling of everything included in the original Twitter thread down to a bunch of direct quotes from that thread. Uh, we obviously can't show you most of the trailer here. Uh, we're, we are taking a risk so, showing some of it. Mm. But... Uh, them being like, hey, you, you show, you're showing promotional material versus what's in the trailer, which is adult themes and sexuality. That Tits. would probably be worse yeah. uh, for people to click that uh, sadness button here. Um, but yeah, the full trailer is obviously available on A24's channel. We'll leave a link in the description below for that. Zola will hit theaters and we assume uh, VOD in late June if everything stays on track. Uh, this actually, after having seen the trailer and realizing, oh yeah, they are making a movie about this and seeing the trailer, I was like, this might be one of my most anticipated movies of I'm, the entire year. I'm fucking stoked about this. Yeah, I'm really excited for and it. And it, it, I don't think it actually was shot on film, but it, it looks, it like, looks it. like it. Like, whoever did the color correction on this did a really great job doing a, a sort of visual style that you don't see much anymore. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? The cousin from uh, Hereditary, or not, uh, uh, not Hereditary. Nick yeah. Braun. Yeah. Nick, Nicholas Braun as the... He plays the boyfriend. The cucked boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, he's he's also Nick Braun's playing the WeWork guy in a movie at some point. He's doing great right now. He's uh, yeah, mm -hmm. really happy for him. So like, we are uh, very excited for when this drops. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, they let us do a watch along of this one. <laughs> Let's hope so. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> looks like it's good news and bad news for DC, Warner Media, and just that whole fan base after the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But let's start with the good. If you were upset like I was, that the line, we live in a society, was cut out of a presumably uncut movie, well, I guess you're in luck, because uh, the full interaction between Batman and Jared Leto's Joker, including the meme phrase, has been uploaded by Zack Snyder himself, so every can, everyone can watch it for free. I would prefer it was, if it was in the movie, they should release the Snyder Cut of the Snyder Cut, so yeah. we get everything, but uh, this is this is fine for now. It's fine, because he, put, he literally just gave away the worst part of the movie for free. Yeah. Because, and, and believe me, I get it. A lot of people are very upset that I think that's the worst part of the movie. It's strange to me. I don't get why you like it, but hey, good for you. Anyway, alongside that clip is a link where you can literally buy the phrase, we live in a society, printed on a t-shirt. And um, uh, good news, 50% of the profits go to uh, suicide prevention. Bad news, the other 50% seem to go directly to Jared Leto, considering he is using the 30 Seconds to Mars store, the merch store, to sell it. And so. he's modeling it. 
Yeah, your choice, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's good that some of it goes to a charity. At least it's not an NFT. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but look, now for some middling news. Uh, not really great, not really terrible. But according to industry experts who analyze viewership numbers for streaming platforms, Zack Snyder's Justice League did mm, just okay. Pretty good. Not great. It's, and that's all depending on how you slice it. It performed great for a piece of exclusive, exclusive streaming content for a somewhat new platform, but it performed pretty poorly when you consider not only the hype behind it, but the marketing and viral marketing and instant availability, and the fact that it's a film which includes some of the most famous superhero characters of all time. It's still hard to say that these numbers are bad, considering this is a four-hour-long movie. Yeah. And although it is very different from its original theatrical release, it could still be confusing to viewers who aren't aware of everything that went on behind the scenes and are just seeing logos for Justice League popping up onto their screen with very little context. Yeah, your average person who's not tuned into this, like, online nerd culture shit has got to be a little bit confused. I saw this three years ago. Yeah. Why? Who the fuck is Zack Snyder? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Basically, Your average person who's not tuned in to, like, the movie world and the superhero world, would, why would they know who Zack Snyder is? Like, it's not like he's, he's not fucking Steven Spielberg. He's not Martin Scorsese. He's Zack Snyder. And you either know who he is or you don't. And I feel like a lot of people probably don't. Yeah. So, uh, for I, I, look, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt here and say that, uh, you know, a lot of people were aware of this movie. But yeah. there's certainly a, a section of people who are just flipping on HBO Max and going, why are they advertising this all the time? I didn't know what it was, but I kept seeing skywriting planes uh, writing shit in the sky about it. So mm-hmm. I figured I'd look it up. Tune in. Tune in Three out it. of five. <laughs> <laughs> now, keep in mind, these aren't official numbers we've got here. But it is important to point out that most streaming platforms don't publicly release this type of information. So the companies that do measure it are referenced by major outlets as being the most accurate tally available. But they're dealing with incomplete information. Yeah. Uh, from Forbes. The AT&T streaming platform recording an 8.9 jump in folks launching the mobile app. As always, that's not necessarily new subscribers, as plenty of folks who already had access to the Warner Media service due to existing HBO subscriptions or AT&T wireless service have slash had yet to activate it. Moreover, we can make the same statement about the 1.48 million new downloads of the HBO Max mobile app, a jump of 64% from the prior week. It continues, uh, we now have word from Samba TV that the film nabbed around 2.2 million viewers in the first full week, which at $9.37 a pop would be around 20.7 million opening week gross. Wonder Woman 1984 earned around 3 million viewers, equal to around 28.1 million in theaters in its first full week back in December. Uh, they add that uh, Samba only measures smart TV viewership, mm. so there is there is a margin for error depending on a bunch of stuff, you know, watching on your computer, your phone, your tablet, or projected onto a toilet as God intended. Yeah. That would not be counted. Or any of those dongles. Mm-hmm. Still, they continue, bending over backward to be fair, let's presume that all 1.48 million new downloads were also new paying subscribers. At $14.99 a pop, that's a monthly haul of around $22.2 million for a film that cost AT&T an extra $70 million to complete. So they lost money. Um, yeah, unless people stick around. Yeah. So yeah, if everyone sticks around for an entire year, and if they actually all joined because of this film and didn't cancel subscriptions after the first month in protest, because Warner Media almost immediately shot down any talk of restoring the Snyderverse, which mm-hmm. it never ends. Yeah. That's the next thing they're demanding. And, uh, and a lot of people, like, it was the next week where they had a Q&A where they're like, we're not moving forward with any of that. Yeah. And I could, 
I could see a lot of people canceling their HBO subscriptions after that in protest. So yeah, assuming everyone sticks around for a full year, that would be around 220 million after the 12 full months of membership, which not terrible, but there's so many ifs (laughs) included in that. Uh Uh, We will almost certainly never know the real numbers for this film, but these are a decent baseline. And even if they were off by a few percentage points, that wouldn't put this film into the upper reaches of blockbuster territory if you counted it as just a new version that only cost $70 million to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, though, we've kind of changed our minds on this new version of releasing a director's cut where we get to like see the original vision before executives butchered it. So, I mean, we wouldn't mind more. Sure, it's just going to streaming. The air cut of Suicide Squad, like, I'm I'm fascinated by it. I don't really care either way. I'm not going to be I'm not gonna begging make it, yeah. people for it. I'm not going to make it part of my identity, but I'm like, yeah, I yeah would, I'd watch I'd it if it came out. At that. I am also curious, uh, because it seems like there is a plan to re-release this in theaters, that 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 seems to me to be pretty ambitious, considering, like we said before, it's four hours, so it is really taking a lot of slots away from other yeah. movies that would be playing, especially Warner Brothers movies. Um, but I, I might go see this in theaters, and I think a bunch of people would mm-hmm. i don't think it's going to pull any kind of crazy numbers if it's re-released in theaters yeah, i don't know but uh that would be interesting it'd be interesting yeah but uh yeah it is hilarious that a company is profiting off of showing people how bad their management fucked up before yeah like uh they're taking an l and a w at the same time yeah they're like yeah we're stupid we really messed this up guys yeah. <laughs> you want to see how stupid we are here, we paid seventy million to fix the mistake. Are movie studios going to start intentionally fucking up their movies so they can make double the money when they re-release it? I think you might be right. Might I mean, be a solid proven strategy. No. There's, there's definitely someone at Warner Brothers. It's like, yeah, okay, we ruined the movie. Sorry. Oops. But here, now you can watch it twice and compare just how bad we fucked. Give us up. more money to see the fixed version. Yeah, enjoy. And also, thanks for the subscription fee. It's kind of like a new era of those DVDs that would sell more copies because they were unrated. They had unrated stamped yeah. on the artwork. Uh, which made people think that there was going to just be a bunch of like sex scenes added, but typically that just meant that they put the extra scenes back into the film that yeah, were cut. People don't understand like how the MPAA works. Yeah, like, it's like no, this is unrated because the MPAA didn't see this. Yeah, film. they just didn't submit it for uh, MPAA <laughs> yeah. certification. They, they so cut it's the scene with like Stifler's mom doing one extra uh, yeah. improv take, so it's unrated. This show's unrated. We've never submitted it to the MPAA. Oh baby, unrated. what could possibly be yeah. in this show? Probably mm-hmm. tits. Better Look, watch it. Uh, Warner Brothers, though, I'm sure that they have no shortage of, uh, you know, a boardroom filled with people who don't make films ruined this cut laying around. They just need to stamp that right on the front. Yeah. The executives fucked this up. Here's the real version. I think it's a good marketing gimmick, and I think they should really lean into it. Yeah, we're a dumb company. I mean, they are the OGs. Like, the first, I believe the first major director's cut, or maybe even the first director's cut ever was... uh the Ridley Scott cut of Blade Runner, which was there a Warner, you go, which yeah, was a more Warner movie. And like the original cut of Blade Runner is like pretty bad. There's like some dumb shit in there. They 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 fucked it up in the editing room. They there should be I, there probably is, but last I remember, there's like four cuts of it, right? Yeah. Is there a definitive cut that's been like? Uh, I think the final cut is like hmm. the best one. I I might be wrong about that, but yeah, the original one has like. Harrison Ford narration throughout it because like Warner Brothers is just like I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Can Harrison Ford uh, can we use his voice to tell us what's happening? They're doing Dune, right? They did yeah. Dune. That's gonna be something. But I mean, they got Denny Villeneuve on it. Yeah, they kind of like let him let him go. I mean, he's he, uh, did... he seemed pretty unhappy about uh... well, the HBO Max thing, right? Yeah. So I don't know. You we'll see, see the 
the uh, Godzilla vs. Kong director was like, no, I actually love that it's coming out on HBO Max now. And he was one of the ones that was like, it's an abomination that they're doing this. I mean, everyone fucking watched that movie this week. Uh, it's I haven't all, watched it. I haven't watched it's it. It's all anyone. I haven't seen it either, but it's like everyone on Twitter is talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. And I'm like, no one would be talking about it this much if it came out in theaters. I'm I sorry. Know. I don't know. Maybe. It's hard to tell. We're on a different life path now. We we really, yeah. at some point, got switched. The, the tracks got switched and everything's upside down Maybe. now. Anyways, before we get into the rest of the DC, Warner, and then everything else news, uh, let's take a quick break to thank today's sponsor, Omaha Steaks. Yum. Summer is right around the corner. Mm. Look, there's nothing like having a freezer and fridge stocked with fresh, delicious meats. Uh, whether you're planning a barbecue in advance or you just want to whip something up on the fly, it's just good to know that there's good meat waiting around for you to build a meal around. And that's why we're happy to have Omaha Steaks sponsoring today's episode. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so darn good? It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks ages their steaks at least 21 days because that's the sweet spot. It's where the magic happens. You can try those mouth-watering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers Grill Pack. It includes four of their iconic and fork-tender butcher's cut filet mignons, four ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, desserts, and so much more. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter News Dump into the search bar for a special price on this Butcher's Best Sellers Package. Plus, you're going to get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free. Mm -hmm. This is the last week that you can get this offer, so order today. It's important these days to stay home, stay healthy. So let Omaha Steaks ship a gourmet grill pack straight to your door. Enjoy the world's greatest steaks, premium meats, easy meals, everything you need to ensure your family is stocked up for the long haul. All backed by a 100% money back guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com, type keyword news dump in the search bar and order the butcher's best seller pack today. Don't forget, you're going to get four free chicken breasts and four burgers. It's a lot of meat. That is omahasteaks.com, keyword News dump. There you go. All right, back into the entertainment news with the uh, the bad part of the WBDC information. Uh, looks like Warner has decided to cut some films from chop, their chop, chop, upcoming chop, production chop. slate. Uh, New Gods, based on the books by Jack Kirby, was being developed by writer-director Ava DuVernay, uh, but it's no longer moving forward. Canceled. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, Warner has also axed James Wan's Aquaman spinoff, The Trench. Canceled. But uh, obviously Wan is still attached to the upcoming Aquaman sequel, uh, for now, it looks like DC is leaning heavily into films that can spin off into limited series or shows for HBO Max. Uh, from The Hollywood Reporter, DC is currently building an interconnected slate in which projects will feed in and out of the big screen and the small, with films such as James Gunn's Suicide Squad, August 6th. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, sorry. Spinning off into the John Cena-led HBO Max series Peacemaker, and Matt Reeves' The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. <laughs> uh, it's the V-verse. The Ohio State. Uh, the Batman, which comes out March 4th, 2022, uh, spawning its own Gotham Police Department-focused show. Isn't there already? Doesn't that already exist? Gotham? That was on yeah. Fox. That's different, Elliot. Oh this one's God. The Gotham. Isn't there? There's also a show now about, like, Alfred the butler before he was the butler. I mean, I don't... Whatever. I guess people like it. Anyway, it also seems like the whole multiverse aspect of everything will now be explained in the new Flash movie. But, Which is still uh, happening, apparently. Yeah, but seeing how everything has been handled so far, we expect it to continue to be confusing for anyone who's not completely plugged into everything and uh, just enjoys the superhero movie every once in a while. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I don't need to know like the physical reason why Joaquin Phoenix is also the Joker Yeah. in addition to Jared Leto. I, I think that a lot of, uh, look, maybe I'm projecting, but I just feel like a lot of people don't care and they just want good movies based off characters. Yeah. it. I mean, that that's how shit worked before any of this, like, cinematic universe shit. 
Like, if you're not going to world build and give people something to anticipate with a very clear cut schedule, yeah. then just give people good films. Yeah, nobody cares. It's like the in the '90s, like fucking uh, the X Men movies and the fan no, like 2000s. I guess the X Men movies and the Fantastic Four movies didn't exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. The it, it's funny. Yeah. Like I grew up, uh, you know, I saw I didn't see the original '89 Batman in theaters, but I saw it when I was really young. I did see Batman Return in theaters. And, you know, when the Schumacher films came out, I didn't even question it. Yeah. Well, yeah whatever. Hey, there you go. Jim Carrey's in it. I love Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. And, they, that, those <laughs> and they're are, completely different. Yeah, they're technically part of the same canon, but they don't reference anything from the previous films. They're essentially a reboot. But, like, yeah. no one had a word for that at the time. But and he, they're he literally rebooted. They're insane. The, yeah, they, they totally, just in every possible way, none of the actors are the same. I think Alfred's the only common character across the franchise actually but uh yeah it's, well you know how hard it is to find an old british man no one gave a shit no one's just like hey wait a minute <laughs> what about all that world building yeah yeah no es- especially the, the people who are really going to be enjoying these films with the, which are young children and teenagers yeah i don't know anyway yeah anyways back into the, like this whole multiverse thing uh here's what they say about that Except for the Batman, which is set on an alternate Earth known to geeks as Earth 2. Ugh, shut up. DC is plotting its films and shows to share the same universe. Key to setting up its new status quo will be The Flash, November 4th, 2022, which will tackle the multiverse and is said to also lend clarity to the future of the Justice League with multiple Batman, as well as Supergirl, appearing. Other projects on the slate due out in 2022 and 2023 include Warner's and New Line's Black Adam, July 29th, 2022, and Shazam, Fury of the Gods, June 2nd, 2023, as well as Warner's Blue Beetle, Batgirl, Supergirl, Green Lantern Corps, and Static Shock. It never ends. Well, at least you have stuff to look forward to, I guess. I hope it's all great. The Flash movie sounds like a blatant ripoff of uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Hmm. Yeah. Because like, aren't they, they're bringing like Michael Keaton and- They're bringing like, a bunch of people back. Yeah, which like, that's cool, but it's like, Spider-Man. Spider-Verse. Well, I don't think actually any of the Spider-Men have been confirmed, but other characters surrounding their separate uh, attempts are in it. Like Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. There was rumors that like Tobey Maguire. Well, no, that's and, so that you're, that's the Spider-Man movie, which is also doing the exact same thing as. Oh, as sorry, the sorry. The Flash. The Flash. Sorry. Yeah, the Flash is doing like the DC version. Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton as Batman. Okay, now yeah. we're on the same page. Michael Keaton, I guess, could be in the other one too because he's in that universe as well as the. Uh, the guy, the the man with the stuff. <laughs> Look, it's all confusing. I just want to say, I really enjoy the 1989 Batman. Movie it's great. It's cool. Like, that doesn't happen anymore because that movie is like, it's just Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton being Tim Burton and not trying to hide it. They gave the movie to a fucking weirdo and it, it was interesting. It came out really cool. Yeah, it's great. Like, they could have hired... So does the sequel. Sequel's great. And the Joel Schumacher movies, like, he put his fucking stamp all over that shit and it's interesting like if they had just given these movies to some jobber it would have been boring but they gave it to two complete fucking weirdos and uh you got weird you know? movies that worked yeah yeah for two different reasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's qu- quite striking to watch uh those four movies yeah it's real weird uh-huh anyways another warner movie news we have some slightly bl- bad news for uh, everyone who like us is eagerly awaiting the release of that new mortal kombat movie mm. is it going to be the greatest film of all time no. Yeah. Does it look like it's going to be a campy gore fest with some decent fight sequences? Hell yeah. Once the trailer came out and we were finally sold on this film, uh, which was scheduled for release on April 16th, we said, wouldn't it be great if they released this on 420 instead? Hell yeah. It'd be a great weed holiday movie, and the timing was right there anyway. Well, it seems like they listened to us, but 
Still got those dates wrong. Damn it. Mortal Kombat's been pushed back to April 23rd. What are you doing? I mean, it's, it's only pushed back a week, and it's only a short three weeks from now. Yeah, it's April, by the way. I keep forgetting yeah, that. Yeah, this past year has trained us to be patient, and that time is uh, a construct, and it doesn't really exist. So, uh, yeah, whatever. You'll have something to watch in three weeks. Yeah, there you go. What are you doing otherwise? Especially if you're vaccinated and you want to see this in theaters, which is uh, why we're thinking they pushed it back. Because everything's opening very quickly and capacity allotments are also going up. They just released Godzilla vs. Kong. Why not give that some more room theatrically before releasing another? Yeah, makes that sense. makes sense. It's like, okay, we, we have two, I guess, Mortal Kombat's considered a major movie, I, I would assume. I mean, it's Warner Brothers. But like putting those three weeks apart in theaters that are open but not really showing a lot. Mm. And where capacity, especially in LA, capacity is really limited. It's like I'm gonna give it a little more lead, like lead time. And I think that's why they probably did it. Yeah. Anyways, moving over to Netflix news. Netflix has acquired the rights to two sequels to Ryan Johnson's incredibly fun 2019 mystery thriller Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Two sequels. Yeah. According to Variety, Netflix is plunking down an astounding 450 million dollars for the rights to Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3. The films will reunite director Ryan Johnson and star Daniel Craig, who teamed up so memorably on the first detective story. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge deal for Netflix. <laughs> that's a lot of money. I don't think that movie was that expensive to make, aside from maybe the cast budget, because it was a, I mean, an a, ensemble. It's a huge cast. But it was like mostly in one setting. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. This, is, this is a great, big deal for Netflix. Mm-hmm. You would assume they'd want these films to release simultaneously in theaters as well as on their platform, which is something we've been waiting for for quite a while with some of Netflix's movie options. I mean, here in Los Angeles, they... The, they partnered with a, a theater in order to show certain films. Uh, at the time, it seemed mostly they were doing it as a formality, uh, so they qualify for certain awards. Like, you can't yeah. get nominated for Oscars if it isn't in a, a num- enough theaters for enough time. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, we'll buy a couple theaters. <laughs> I like, guess we'll just buy some sure, theaters. whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, we were kind of hoping this would become more common for Netflix. They, uh, they've put out some really great, Films. Yeah. A lot of stinkers. Most of their movies are a solid three out of five uh, forgettable mediocres. Like, oh, yeah. I get why they bought this because, yeah. But Look, uh, I, I want this. I would be first in line if they re-released Hubie Halloween this October in theater. They're probably making a sequel to that. Oh, how could they not? It's yeah. the greatest film they've produced. Anyways, we yeah, we were looking forward to Netflix movies showing up in theaters more often, but then COVID happened and that set things back a bit, obviously. But Knives Out did pretty great in theaters and it just feels like the perfect type of movie to do a dual release with. Especially, like, it's becoming more common. This is the idea that people are going to be more receptive to. Anyway, hopefully with things getting back to normal, we'll see Netflix push this idea. Regardless of how it's released, though, we're just happy to see more Knives Out films in general. I I I love that weird fucking fake accent that Daniel Craig does. <laughs> I'm just a Southern detective, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, the the weekend. <laughs> I declare. I declare the weekend. <laughs> the weekend. Uh, over on the Disney Plus side of things, Obi Wan Kenobi is slated to start filming this month. And alongside the news that production was about to get started, came some more casting information for the streaming series, thanks to some marketing materials sent out by Disney. Appearing in the series will, of course, be Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, alongside Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Peace, Kumail Nanjiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sung Kang, Simone Kessel, and Benny Safdie. <laughs> that one, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's a good actor. but Yeah, he is. Mostly, uh, mostly a behind-the-camera guy. Yeah. Uh, the series will take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, 
Uh, it's going to be directed by Deborah Chow, who previously worked on two episodes of The Mandalorian and uh, other series like Mr. Robot, Jessica Jones, Better Call Saul, and Man in the High Castle. What is, what's the point of Hayden Christensen being there? Because he's, he's already, Darth Vader. Right, but at that point, he's already got the, the James Earl Jones voice filter. Like why? And he's—you never see him. He's in the the suit. Throw him a bone, he's man. Covered, he's, Dude, he's throw him a bone. Yeah. All right. Fine. What? He needs money. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy. He is, I guess. Maybe look. He probably has a clause where he has to take the mask off at once. They should have brought back Jake Lloyd. He's in dire straits. He would kid. never do another Star Wars. Yeah, probably not. He seems pretty upset about it. Give me a billion dollars. Yeah. Anyway, on to Hulu news now. Hulu. Yeah. We're only bringing them up because it's uh, April second. Which means their WeWork documentary, aka the making and breaking of a forty-seven billion dollar unicorn, is now available to stream. Mm-hmm. We haven't watched it yet because we've been working on this show and preparing for tomorrow's live stream, which we'll get to in just a second. But the reviews so far seem to say that uh, while it's entertaining and a decent explanation of everything going on with its founder Adam Newman, it apparently focuses a bit too much on him being weird or eccentric or whatever, and not enough about the other aspects of, like, the business and why it was such a colossal failure. Yeah. I mean, Which, it, it's his lifestyle was very fun to watch, I'm sure, but it's like, yeah, this guy, he sold people on a lie. Yeah. Like, it. it this, this is definitely a story where you could t- tackle just, like, the kind of broken economics of startup culture in general and how this was, like, one of the craziest examples of that. It's just like, we're literally, let's make a business model that is impossible to turn a profit and then eventually it'll sell we'll figure it out yeah like we can't say too much because we haven't we haven't seen it but like the reviews that i read about it because i was interested and obviously we showed uh promoted the trailer a couple weeks back because it's exciting to see uh these documentaries come out but there's gonna be more this one apparently is just like from what i read uh focuses really heavily on the ceo and why wouldn't you i mean he is a literally a, a crazy strange character. man yeah, yeah. so I, I get it but uh We'll see. We'll see. Um, if you are looking for something to watch this weekend, though, look no further than the channel you're on right now. Tomorrow Stay night. Stay put. Don't move. Uh, Saturday. If you're watching this on Saturday morning, tonight, uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, we are streaming, showing the movie, uh, the Feels Good Man documentary. Uh, it's about Pepe the Frog and its creator, Matt Fury, and uh, just the wild ride that this very simple cartoon or comic book drawing went on. Um, the good, the bad, and everything else. Uh, and then we're after the movie is done, we're going to be having a discussion with the filmmakers and some other guests. Uh, it should be a great time. Uh, at, at the very least, you're just going to get to watch a movie for free yeah. on our channel with free us movie. sitting in the corner silently just staring at the same screen you are. Where are the new Netflix? I got to remember to mute my mic because I, I did buy a bag of popcorn. <laughs> you guys getting this? I'm going to eat chips. Okay, cool. Anyways, yes, 6 p.m. Saturday night, live stream of a movie. We'll see you there. In the meantime, check out our most recent episodes over here. We have a full rundown of uh, April Fool's Day 2021 right over here for you. Yeah. Uh, and then check out uh, the other episode from this week. And we'll see you soon for that stream and a new Weekly Weird News. See you soon. Bye. Bye.